Hello and welcome once again to episode 101 of Code Completion. We are a group of iOS developers and educators hoping to share what we love most about development, Apple technology, and completing your code. My name is Dimitri and I'll be your host once again for this episode and I'm joined today by my fellow completionist, Spencer. Hey there. So every time Apple releases a new device, they tend to release a new OS version with it, uh, which tends to come with a list of things you should just double check before continuing development on your app because things can go... uh, Crazy if you just ignore it for a few months, uh, as I have totally never have done uh, in the past. Uh, so uh, I figured we can we can split this up into like specific areas, and we can start with uh, Xcode. So, what has downloading a new Xcode done to you, Spencer? Yeah, well, actually, I have downloaded it, but I haven't used it. Um, it it apparently my boss is usually the one to go in and. Um, download it even before it goes out of beta and you know make sure everything is all working with it and um i think it was something with like a, a hashable conformance that like wasn't there that's now there in the latest version of swift that broke uh a build for <laughs> us and it went out to beta testers and everyone was like uh this doesn't work and we're like oh crap so uh we haven't used xcode internally uh xcode 14 at all internally uh so my experience with it is literally zero uh but that was something interesting with the new version of Swift. It uh, it broke some things, so it took its hashable conformance over the one that we wrote for some reason. So, yeah, yeah, that that's always something that can happen. Um, usually, when you download the new Xcode, you're like greeted with the "You should update your project settings" uh, screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, if you have a relatively new project, there's usually not much to edit. But if you've been bringing over a project from many decades. Uh, then it has uh, quite a few suggestions in there and quite a few suggestions which may just not work uh, because mm-hmm. your project has been brought forward for decades. Uh, so that is something that you should you should like read a little more deeply and not just click like OK or at least have a Git version before you click OK so mm. you can just like revert back to it um, and then make sure that things are things are still fine. Usually you can still use the old Xcode for a little bit. Um, but pretty soon Apple tends to require you to make new submissions with right. the latest SDK and you can only get the latest SDK with the newest Xcode. Uh, so that's where, where things tend to go a little wrong. Um, and this is because Apple has specific code in their frameworks to check against what SDK your app was built against. Um, and they want to phase out that code as much as they can, uh, because yeah. it is like a dependency uh hell on their side to make sure that old behavior continues to work um when new behavior is like completely different so there's like these crazy if statements um and it goes further than that like there are if statements specific to specific apps um which is like uh if if you are a very popular app and you are likely not going to suddenly update uh your xcode and stuff like that uh then apple will fix the bug for you uh, which is not not ideal um, because then it means nope. that you don't know if you fixed it or if Apple fixed it and which version and like you update Xcode and nothing works anymore uh, because that if conditional is like gone now uh, and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, with new Xcode comes a lot of new responsibilities um, and uh, compilation quirks. Like you've mentioned, Spencer, those are like one of them. Um, and yeah. like project settings, new Swift, like Swift 5.7 is included. Um, 
and a broken version of Swift 5.7 is included, by the way, if you have, like, uh, you, you know that annotation you can have on methods where uh, you don't want the return value to always, like, bug you if you don't use it? Um, I think Discardable result. Yeah, discardable result. Uh, if yeah. you use discardable result on any uh, Swift concurrency-related type, like anything annotated with an actor... It doesn't do anything, and it will warn you all over your code base. Hey, you aren't using the results from your function. Cool. Um, That's yeah, great. so that that has survived through the beta period, despite like being <laughs> fixed months ago. Uh, so that is in the public Xcode fourteen, and you just got to deal with it. Um, or you download the new Xcode fourteen point one, and then you don't deal with it. Uh, that is up to you, but um, that's generally why. Uh, a lot of developers will recommend you at least try the new Xcode betas mm-hmm. early on because generally that's what you're going to get. Um, there might be yeah. bug fixes along the way uh, to fix certain things, um, but that's just something that's going to be there. Like another example that I remember is uh, we had we have a semi like conformant project layout where we have a, an Xcode project and then that imports a Swift package that is basically our app. Um, and that Swift package has a bunch of dependencies. And one of those dependencies just broke SwiftUI on Xcode 14. Uh, so that is just like something that we couldn't do anything about. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> on Xcode 14, SwiftUI is just broken because that dependency broke it. Uh, and therefore, I, I like submitted a patch to that project. Um, and I'm, we're waiting patiently for like a proper release for that version. Um, mm-hmm. but in the meantime, I like make, made a fork and it's now hosted on my GitHub, uh, the version that has the fix, uh, that doesn't, that allows SwiftUI to work. So, uh, new, new Xcode always comes with new, pro- new, uh, issues. Um, and yeah, it's always fun to deal with. Oh yeah. So fun. My favorite thing in the world. I honestly, I'm glad that I'm not, have, not the one that has to deal with it. Cause you know, figuring out that stuff and figuring out that it doesn't work and how to fix it not doesn't sound very fun um but yeah um, um one last thing we kind of it oh we should mention is uh oftentimes when you do download the new xcode the first thing that you're going to be like bombarded with are a whole bunch of deprecated like apis uh mm-hmm. and that is just Part of, like, trying out that new SDK, right? Um, Perhaps I should have put this in in the new SDK section, but we might as well start it. Uh, So with new Xcodes (laughs) come new SDKs, uh, and with new SDKs come deprecated uh, APIs, which uh, means that you can still use the API that you're using, uh, but you're going to get a ton of warnings about it. Um, And that basically is informing you, hey, this API might not last forever, um, it's in here for now, uh, but we're not going to maintain it anymore. Uh, so you should, you should move over to the new API and this is our friendly way of telling you, uh, because we don't have to tell you, we could have just removed it, but Apple tends to be good about, uh, deprecating and keeping old APIs around, uh, for the better parts of decades. Uh, so, uh, it's not like you need to rush immediately, but don't just leave them around because it's very easy to get into the trap of like, having a thousand deprecated APIs and just like continuing on. Uh, and then they actually do get removed uh, because right. you've, you've been neglecting them. Yeah, I think... Uh, mm, trying to think. 
I, I don't know. I know there are deprecation warnings that will be like, this will be removed in a future version. Um, I don't know if they all say that. I don't know. It's been a while since I've, I've seen a deprecation warning. We're at work. We're pretty good at doing whatever isn't deprecated. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, I think I remember Andrew Madsen or someone saying like, oh, yeah, this thing has been deprecated for like 10 years and it's still there. But like... I don't think that's always the case. Um, I mean, like a lot of Swift UI stuff, um, some methods or modifiers will are are clearly deprecated, and they'll probably remove them in a relatively future version of Swift UI, just because Swift UI is is evolving so fast. Where probably that uh, ten year thing is was like core data, where it's like probably not changing very much. So yeah, if maybe core a data gets deprecated, it's not going anywhere, right? It's yeah. going to stay yeah, there exactly. for a very, very long time uh, on, lo- on like zero maintenance mode uh, as the new fancy data thing comes out. Uh, but yeah. uh, SwiftUI, like the methods from SwiftUI 1, those being deprecated, yeah, those are probably going away because they're getting in the way of like being able to reuse those API names and things like that. So yeah. uh, they are hoping that you remove your use of them so that way they can replace them with something that makes more sense without like extra like arguments on the method calls and things like that. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, it's nice that they do that at all where, uh, it would, I just go back to like the Swift two to Swift three days of you open your project and it's just like build failures. Like that's all it was. <laughs> None uh, of it's deprecated. It was, <laughs> it's all just gone. It was not deprecated. It was, yeah, exactly. So like, them being like, hey, you've got some time, and like, of course, you're probably going to ignore that, which is not a great idea. But at the very least, like, not that you wouldn't directly talk with Apple, but it's kind of like, mm, it's your fault because we warned you, you know, months mm-hmm. or years ahead of time. So, yep. Um, the other things that tends to break is like behavior around UI, just in general. Um, I remember mm-hmm. iOS 14 to 15, all navigation bars and and tab bars. They lost that little bar that separated them from the content. So if you use them in any yeah. non-standard uh, situation, which is like anything without a scroll view, basically, they might not have behaved the way that you expected them to, um, or at least they might not have upgraded themselves in the way that you expected them to. And then you have to like really uh, rethink about how you are structuring things to get those benefits for free, um, or what crazy hacks you're going to need to get those benefits for not for free, but to like make your app look uh, and behave like system apps uh, when if that's your goal, right? I I remember like a great example of uh, the the craziness that you need to go through to get your app looking like a system app uh, came from when iOS seven came out. So iOS seven had a brand new UI paradigm, uh, and they had these fancy translucent views all over the place that were like mm. really pretty uh but like lo and behold there's no way for you to do that there's just uh that's an apple proprietary uh kind of private api right there um and that means that you as a developer if you want that you need to start spelunking and doing uh doing the crazier things to get it working um and some of those solutions uh you could follow like apple's recommendations like hey take a snapshot and then blur it in core image uh or blur it with v image i believe uh they use as a sample code uh and then you'll have a blurred version that you can put there it's not live or anything but you can get it to you can get that blurred effect in the same way that we get our blurred effect 
Uh, but it wasn't the same way because their thing was live and it was all done via core animation and was really right. smooth, right? Um, and it used uh, like core animation filters, which have remained a private API to this day. Um, but uh, some some uh, some enterprising developers uh, might have figured out that you could take a navigation bar and just like strip it of all its subviews, and then you have a a navigation bar with a, <laughs> nice. that's a translucent view in it uh, that just does the thing you want it to do, right? So you like uh, make a package of that, uh, put it up on Cocoa Pods of the day, uh, oh. and uh, then you yeah, then you get an an issue one day, and it says like, "Hey, Apple explicitly banned this one class um, because they said that it's it's uh, causing them trouble." Um, so then you were like, yeah. "Well, they're matching against the class name. Let's." rename it to ns cheese view um and yeah. <laughs> then that will just be different on every and every app's uh, implementation of it and that'll be totally fine uh so uh yeah that is a thing that totally happened um that's so i funny, made a dude. thing called md blur view and it totally got banned by app review uh and other people's apps <laughs> so I've, I've totally been been that person that banned other people's apps by accident um and yeah it's 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 always fun playing catch up with what apple determines is like the latest ui norms because yeah they have to know that people want to do the same things right yeah of course they do and you know i not that this is i think um actually the case in in ios 16 but if you use the music app you'll notice that like the volume and um duration slider is very different. And I just looked in one of my own apps. Maybe it's because it was compiled per, for iOS 15, but the slider is still the same that it's always been. But like, if, for example, those sliders changed, you have to worry about, you know, control sizes like sliders or buttons being different. And then that could very well screw up your, your app if, you know, your button size was always X amount of points. And now it's like slightly bigger or slightly smaller. I can see where that would... I haven't ever experienced that personally, but I can definitely see where uh, it would could completely wreck your UI if it's not you know adaptive enough to to kind of deal with those those perhaps slight perhaps not uh, differences in sizes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think like the sliders uh, are a great example of that because the slider pre iOS seven was much smaller, and then the the dimple got like way big um, all of yeah. a sudden. Um, and that means if you didn't give enough room to it, it would get clipped and that's, that's all there is to it. Um, you would have a clip slider and it would look like junk, uh, when your app ran. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if you didn't use the new Xcode yet, your app still ran under an iOS 6 compatibility mode, which still had the pinstripes, uh, and everything, right? Uh, so it's only once you're like, okay, I'll download the new Xcode and you click build and everything is suddenly like hot garbage <laughs> because you were not yeah. expecting any of it. Um, so... Uh, that is sun. That is something that you really need to like pay attention to, uh, especially if your app has like a whole bunch of screens, right? Yeah. I um. Well, yeah, and I don't know if this is. Well, we we've got a couple other things to talk about. I'll wait on that. <laughs> um. So, in in our notes, we have overrides and customizations may no longer work. Um. Are you talking about UI specifically or just like overriding a, a method in general? Well, let, let's take my previous example, right? You you okay. enterprisingly took a nav bar, uh, stripped sure. it of all its subviews, <laughs> and we're like, I'm using this as my blur view, right? 
if you update to iOS a like nine or something, they changed, of course, what the subviews look like, right? Uh, so your uh, enterprising solution to a problem uh, no longer works as advertised. It mm. might crash. Uh, it might just do the wrong thing. Uh, there are all sorts of behaviors that can come about from that. Uh, from a less extreme example, uh, you decide to change the background color of a NS search bar, right? Uh, and it turns out that solution that you found on Stack Overflow is no longer the solution that works on mm-hmm. iOS 11. Um, and you need to now have a better or a different way of uh, getting your what you want to happen to happen. And it's not like you're like boiling the ocean here. You just want your search bar to have a different color so it looks fine in your custom colored like nav stack, right? Um, sure. And that's that's something that's completely reasonable from an app developer's point. But from the framework's point of view, it's like, why would you ever want to change the background of a search bar? So it doesn't have like a public API for that. Um, and right. like the only way you can go ahead and do it is to really spelunk and start like taking a poke at like subviews and changing stuff. Um, oftentimes that works fine, but it's limited to one OS version. Um, sometimes you don't even have to do any of those things and you're just like using SwiftUI and SwiftUI behavior changes so drastically between one version and the next and something that used to work fine no longer works uh, on the new uh, versions. So you need to you need to go ahead and fix that, right? Um, so these permutations exist in both directions and it's just... It's a lot of work to keep up with, and that's that's probably what most app developers spend their time on every time Apple releases a new device. Is uh, it's not the new device that they're working on; it's the new OS, um, and that takes the most time to like work around properly. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, something that helps with that tremendously are the new add available checks, um, which allow you to like. Oh yeah check for specific versions of the OS uh, before you like run through a certain code path. And that allows you to keep your hack for iOS 15 and not use your hack for iOS 16, for instance, um, very pretty easily. Uh, so I, I recommend using these whenever you can. Um, and they serve as a good check that next year when you decide, hey, maybe I don't want iOS 15 support anymore, just search for all the ad availables iOS 15, mm-hmm. uh, and you can be like, I don't need this code no more, delete. Um, and then you have a simpler code base that it might be a bit like uh, more maintainable over time, right? Yeah, that makes sense. We, <clears throat> I remember specifically doing this, I think it was when we were working on the, the, um, the, I don't know, we, we would call it the M1 app, uh, the built for iPad version of, of LumaFusion. There were a couple of hacks that we had to do to, it was weird. It was like, <clears throat> it, it's been a while now. It was for iOS 15, I think when it came out, um, there were some hacks related to keyboard shortcuts that like, it would crash the app on the M, the, the Mac app. And, you know, it was like weird availability checks where it was like, you could also check for availability, like iOS availability, if I remember right, on even when it was running Mac like OS. Yeah. basically, yeah, it was basically iOS too. Um, so it was like we had to check for if it was this Mac OS, but this uh, iOS version as well or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely done a couple hacks like that to <laughs> make sure things at the very least don't crash, but also perhaps work work well. 
Yeah, I, I did see some warnings that if you use Catalyst, uh, those if ad availability checks might not work as you assume uh, with the macOS version numbers. Um, like it might just say, oh, yes, I'm this version, and even on later versions, which is not at all what you want. Uh, so uh, that is something that you might want to keep an eye out for uh, when you are using these. Uh, they should be foolproof, but turns out like when you use these crazy compatibility modes that allow your app to run on a different OS than what it was originally designed for, you might run into some issues. So just keep an eye out for those as you keep an eye out for these 20 other different things as well. <laughs> Lots to juggle there. Yeah. Um, and finally, this leads us to new devices, right? Uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, new devices came out and new devices come with all sorts of new parameters that you need to you need to watch out for, right? Uh, like Dynamic Islands. Uh, they didn't have those uh, to, like two weeks ago, and now you have to deal with Dynamic Islands uh, in your app. So, um, yeah, be prepared for that. Yeah, I um, I saw the best use of, <laughs> of the Dynamic Island ever, which is, I, I forget his name, but the uh, the maker of Apollo, he put like a little cat or an animal that just kind of walks around at the top of the dynamic island and sleeps on it. It's adorable. Aww. I thought that was great. Yeah, we'll we'll find the tweet. It was so cool. <laughs> it's I think you said it's like eight pixels or eight points or something, so it's not much. So it's just this little pixelated animal that walks around and sleeps on top of the island while you're using the app, which was awesome. <laughs> so so, so that that's was cool. That's an example of using the new features to your benefit, right? Um and most people most people probably have to like learn how to adapt to the new features like once the notch came out the title bar went from 20 points to mondo mondo points yeah. uh and you need to adapt to that and there are some great like ways to adapt to that you have safe area insets uh that will like just tell you hey avoid this part of the screen and yeah. if you avoid that part of the screen you're gonna be fine right so there are solutions to these problems you just need to be ready for them yeah for sure and one thing, like, um, we've got in our notes that we're going from, like, 390 by 844 points to 393 by, to, by 852. Um, that can definitely screw some things up if you're, like, checking for specific screen sizes, which, I mean, I personally, I would like to say, or I would like to, I wish that size classes worked all the time, but in my experience, they don't. Maybe I don't know how to use oh, yeah. them well. I don't like size classes. Okay. Uh, they are right. available. <laughs> they might help, uh, but they also might not because you're like, this This screen is totally big enough. I want to show this UI. Please let me show this UI. But the size class is like, nope, this yeah. is a tiny screen. Can't show no UI here. Uh, so then yeah. like you're stuck and I then mean, you have to break the size class. And once you break the size class, then what's the point of the size class? Yeah. I mean, when you have to deal with like an iPhone mini and an iPhone being on the same size class then it's like oh crap man like making that work is a little hard um so i know that uh we're probably gonna have to fix some things internally uh with these new screen sizes so that's always fun trying to figure out exact uh sizing for or you know ui design for an exact device size to make it work and running through all the device sizes that we have now is you know i i've done that a couple times and it you know, takes the better part of a day to run through that kind of stuff. So, mm -hmm. uh, that's fun. And yeah, like, so take, I, oh, take this width, for, for instance, right? Like, 
the new iPhone has a new width of 393. Why is it 393? Who knows? It's now an odd number, and you can't divide that by two or four no more. Uh, so, but yeah. like, the previous one was divisible by three. Like, I don't get it. Like, why, why 393? <laughs> That's just a, a new thing you have to, you have to deal with. Uh, with regard to like pixel cracks and stuff like that. That said, you can divide anything by three because it's at three x. So, uh, why? Mm. Why is it three ninety three? We didn't need this. Uh, but did this is the world the, we live in. Did they change the screen size or the pixel density? I don't know. Like maybe That's it's so a slightly weird. bigger screen. Uh, it takes up a little less of the bezels. Like three pixels <laughs> or three points worth, right? Yeah, it's nine like nine gonna... new pixels that they added. Uh, right. in this process so uh yes i get that it got taller to maybe account for the dynamic island like changing position a tiny sure. bit and making sure that apps still have the same amount of space available to them uh but like i don't get the 393 part maybe they're the just inaccessible to you i don't know maybe it's used to the oled can like shimmy it up uh i definitely need to check still to see if the device reports itself as 393 or if it reports itself as 390 Maybe it's an OLED optimization, right? It's just like, oh, now I can shimmy the screen back and forth, and mm. no one will be the wiser, and that can save on OLED uh, pixel lifespan. Yeah, it could be. So at the end of the day, uh, should you update what your minimum version requirements are now that uh, everything new has come out? I would say it's very tempting, uh, as always, to say like, hey, iOS 16 is out. I'm going to drop iOS 15 right now. Um, however, you should think about a few things when you make this decision. One, uh, does it take a lot of energy on your part to continue maintaining older OS versions? Sometimes this is just one OS version. Sometimes this is five, right? Um, that you just keep on maintaining because you have users that continue to use those versions. So mm -hmm. if this is a question of should you drop uh, iOS 10, now that iOS 16 is out, probably it's fine to drop iOS 10 and use 11 That's and awesome. onwards. Uh, but if this is a question of uh, should you drop iOS 14 uh, now that iOS 16 is out, maybe not. Maybe keep iOS 14 around until you hit iOS 17. Um, and maybe not even drop it in that case because it's not like so much of a burden on you to keep maintaining it that it, you might want to just keep it around, right? Um, there are certainly cases where you can add screens for OSs and just don't have those screens on the older OSs. That's that's definitely something you can do. It's something that people did when SwiftUI came out because they needed to support older OSs and SwiftUI is only on the new one. So only right. this new screen will get it. Um, and that's not like a super pertinent screen, uh, but it keeps background compatibility around without you needing to rewrite everything. So... Um, that is, that is a benefit there. So yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe drop them, maybe don't drop them, but, uh, really keep an eye out on who your users are and what devices they're running on, um, and what OSs they're using, right? If they're still on iOS 12 at this point, they're probably not upgrading to iOS 15 until they get a new device, which might be a while because iOS 12 might still run fine on the device that they have. Uh, so right. Like that's just that's just the way it is. This week's episode of Code Completion is brought to you by Pennant. Calling all sports fans want to keep track of the season, but there's so many teams and not enough time. Check out Pennant. Pennant provides sports standings at a glance. Pennant displays league standings as a simple bar chart where the best teams rise to the top throughout the season. 
Of course, you can dig in deeper with team stats, game results, and more. Version 10 introduced the all-new customizable My Pennant View, where you can build a wide selection of visualizations for any sport, division, or team. Unlock Pennant Premium to add as many blocks as you'd like and put any of them on your home screen as a widget. Whether you like MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, or MLS, Pennant has you covered with more sports and leagues coming soon. Thanks so much to Pennant for sponsoring Code Completion. Download Pennant on the iOS App Store today. So uh, for mini review corner this week, uh, we have the wonderful iPhone 14, which is blinking at you. Um, so this is the always on display uh, if you're watching the YouTube uh, version of this. Um, and it is pretty bright. Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, we tried it out uh, like totally outside uh, yesterday while we were having lunch. Um, and although it was overcast, so we couldn't like test out like what's it going to behave like in super like sunny uh, beating down on your black screen phone and warming it up yeah. uh, kind of situation. Uh, we couldn't test that out, uh, but we could reliably see the the brightness of the always on display, and it seems like it might adjust upwards for like brighter environments. Um, and I put like a giant asterisk on that might because who knows if it actually does, but it felt like uh, it was plenty bright enough to still like see, though it still looked dimmer uh than than otherwise so uh i i have like very loosely tried out like different home screens and stuff to see how uh useful an always on display uh is on a phone uh i kept thinking oh shoot my phone's on let me lock it (laughs) so that Uh that is a behavior that uh, is going to take some time to adjust to um i did put some widgets on the front of uh my home screen uh, which, fun fact, if you had the dynamic wallpaper from iOS versions past, which is a bunch of, like, colorful blobs and bokeh that are, like, going around, you can't put any widgets on that. That That is, like, a, a no longer accessible wallpaper that if you have it, you still get to keep it. But if you didn't have it, uh, it's gone. Uh, so, Interesting. Uh, yeah, that's that was just a, a fun asterisk. Uh, but I put, yeah. I put, like, the temperature. I put uh, my activity rings um and i had notifications at the bottom uh and i immediately noticed the notifications may or may not be useful you can see who they came from but not what the message is or like you can see what the app was but not what the reminder was um so that was not very useful to have as always on display other than like hey something happened your watch already tapped you but here's it on your phone as well um so that was that uh, the activity rings don't show when it's like not when you're not looking at it and it's not unlocked. So that is also like here are three blank rings that don't show anything. Um, <laughs> like your privacy is very important to us. Uh, so that's that is uh, also a, a downer for the always on display. Uh, but Apple decided the weather the weather is like accessible to everyone, um, and therefore. Yes. Uh, that, that is shown. Um, so time and weather is basically what I have access to and the calendar, I guess. Uh, so yeah, seems useful for those three things alone. Um, but I don't know if I'll keep it long-term. Um, yeah. Uh, in terms of, yeah, any questions there? Well, I was just going to say, like, I, I also have iOS 16. I don't have the new iPhone yet, but it feels really weird. And maybe it's just coming from iOS 15 where when notifications show up, they only show up on that bottom mm-hmm. sort of 
like i don't know fifth or fourth of of the screen and there's just like this giant hole in the middle between your widgets and the notifications until how you else move are you gonna up. stare at the globe or your, i know but i'm like loved ones <laughs> you're like i don't like, want to stare at loved ones <laughs> i i never i don't have pictures of people as my background so like it just seems like wasted space to me. And I honestly, I thought it was an iOS 16 bug when it came out. I was like, why aren't my notifications going all the way up to like the widgets? Mm-hmm. I find it kind of weird. I wish it was, I, I hope they come out with a setting to just be like, yeah, kick everything up. Just give me like, make use of all this, this X, ex, the extra pixels, the extra pixels that they just gave us. I don't know. So, um, yeah, I yeah. guess, I mean, I have the, um, the weather and the news on as widgets, the kind of two width ones. So, yeah, that's cool, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't tried the news one. I was very disappointed. I, like, taking a tangent from new phone to new OS. Uh, I put, um, I tried to put some HomeKit stuff in there. Like, I was like, I made a scene to unlock my two front doors, the front door and the side door. Uh, so that way I can, with one button, just tap that and it would unlock it. Mm. And I'll make, I made that scene just to put a widget in there. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. Uh, and then I get to the part where you add a home widget and it's like no options for choosing a scene. And you have individual security devices, uh, which are just buttons that bring you to the app that you then have to flick either way. So I'm like, this uh-huh. is a, no better than the previous where it just like notified me when I got home. Like, hey, do you want to unlock the door? And then you have to tap three times anyways. Um, I was like, I want a faster way to do that without needing to wait for that notification <laughs> and all that. And this is not faster. So I'm like a little bit disappointed. Yeah. That said, I know like any third party app can make app, like widgets. So maybe the widget Smith or something, uh, has a, has a button that can just like tap a scene. Uh, so that's something they'll probably try out now because yeah. Apple's defaults just did not meet the bar. Um, I will say, I think, <laughs> I think my favorite part of iOS 16 so far is just the redesigned home app, which is so funny because it's been a hot pile of garbage mm-hmm. ever since it came out. And like the home view is act, like the very first view that you go into is like actually usable and you can see everything. Mm-hmm. It's great. And I actually, I like that um, I have my 3D printer on a, a smart switch. So before I, I've done this multiple times where I've tapped it accidentally and turned off my printer in the middle of printing something. Oh no. Um, so now you have to tap it and like physically kind of move the switch down, which is more work, but also in my case, it's actually prevented a couple, uh, stop in the middle of printing. So good job, Apple. Thanks. That's the exact complaint that I had, where you have to like tap and now flip the switch to unlock the door. I know, I know. That's the only time so where it's Apple nice that is it's in more a very work. precarious situation where they can't fit, they can't touch this feature <laughs> because they'll make one person happy and one person miserable uh, in different ways. And yeah, they dug a hole for themselves. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going back to the home app a tiny bit. Uh, for like years on my wife's phone, on Lynn's phone. Uh, the the home app was just broken. Like this happened first when the Apple TV added like multiple profiles that you can switch between, and okay. her profile just never showed up. So I'm like, let me go to the home app, and then like the home app just was missing things, and it just kind of behaved in a half-assed way. So like we were prepared this year to say, okay, we're gonna 
forego your iCloud backup because maybe that is the only thing that can fix the home app because it's like completely broken. Like even if I uh, withdraw the invitation for her to access the home, it still shows up in, in her app. Like it's it's in a world of its own, completely corrupted database, uh, not a happy state. Uh, so we tried all sorts of things. We tried uh, deleting, uh, like deleting the home app, uh, signing out of iCloud, which was a big mistake. Never, si- never follow any instruction that says sign out of iCloud. That was the <laughs> biggest like hair pulling experience I have ever gone through, and it did not fix anything. Uh, so, uh, like, be prepared to re-add everything to your wallets on both your phone and your watches if you have multiple. Uh, yeah. Be prepared to like re-sign into every app. Be prepared for like nothing to show up and give you a panic attack. Like all your photos or all your notes are just gone. Uh, that is totally something that's going to happen. Um, so don't ever sign out of iCloud, uh, even if yeah. if Apple support tells you so. Um, and this is because I posted to Twitter like in uh, in defeat that I like tried the ultimate thing and it did not work. Like I don't plan on restoring the device at this point. Uh, because then that just gets rid of everything and there's no there's no artifact of anything left. Um, so I I posted to Twitter and thankfully someone hinted at the fact that in the past there was a profile that could reset HomeKit. So I now have like a search term. I didn't think to search for uh, profiles uh, to reset HomeKit. Uh, but lo and behold, I find a reference to a profile name uh in apple communities i copy that and i research for that and then i find it on reddit that here's a link to download that profile and all of a sudden you can go ahead and reset your home kit so i will post a link to this in our show notes because oh. if anyone has any problems with home kit this is like the solution it took a little bit of like trying like three times to get it to to fully work but it like completely reset things blank slate i was able to reinvite her she has now access to everything all the cameras work Nice. Um, I did not check to see if the Apple TV showed a profile. Like we did never use that in the end of the at the yeah. end of the day. But like none of the cameras that we were adding, so we added a bunch of cameras to watch the litter boxes because our cats have uh, urinary problems, and we want to make sure who's going where. So we have like a million litter boxes and a million cameras watching all of them. Uh, and she had no access to none of those. So she's like, "Can you check on your phone?" And I'm like, "I don't want to check on my phone. I'm doing something right now." Um, so things are solved now. Uh, so yeah uh let me add a note to that you should make the uh the floor a litter box instead of the floor is lava the floor is litter box oh no i the floor is already a giant litter box from their perspective and we're trying to get them to use (laughs) use the litter box uh so uh this is where we're like eagling like oh are they using it no they're just sniffing that one something must be wrong we need to clean it uh to (laughs) to perfection for our little princesses um so yeah uh back to back to the iphone 14 uh so uh it has it has a new thing called a dynamic island uh i saw a lot of people not liking the name dynamic island i think it's fine what, what about you Spencer? i think it's fine like too. Yeah. yeah yeah i think it's a way better name than our self-proclaimed notch like i don't think apple ever named it the notch right no yeah or everyone else calling what it. they or calling what they now have as like a punch out or a hole punch, like mm-hmm. it's not a great name. Yeah. So, so uh, that was a name that we came up with as a community, and that was a, a pretty bad name. 
uh, in comparison to Dynamic Island, I think. Uh, so I'm going to double down on this opinion that Dynamic Island is a fine name. Um, and the feature of it is ultra cool. Like, it is a really, really neat implementation of, nice. uh, like, working around a hardware limitation in the best way possible. Like, this thing is so animated as you, like, throw apps. They will, like, dynamically change path and, like, follow your momentum and get nice. sucked up into that little thing. Um, another cool. example that I think is really, really neat is Face ID is no longer in the smack middle of your screen. It's now up where the yeah. camera is. So guess where you look? You look at the camera because that's where the little animation Whoa. is going. Um, I remember like a, a year or two ago, I made an app uh, for a client where uh, you could scan like barcodes, right? And I put a lot of effort into, instead of making the whole screen a barcode scanner, I made a tiny barcode scanner right where the cameras are on the back of the phone, right? Like, so that way when you align your phone, you're aligning the cameras to the barcode and you're no yeah. longer have that situation where your phone is like right next to the thing and you have no idea where to aim it because <laughs> yeah, exactly. like you're aiming the screen, not the cameras. So just like making the camera view really tiny, who cares? All you're looking for is making sure that the barcode is in screen. Like you zoom in and out, not X and Y. Uh, so mm-hmm. this is like using that principle very well uh, in in uh, fate in this in the sense for Face ID, where like guess where your eyes are gonna look if you have the animation at the middle screen? It's gonna be at the middle screen. You're gonna line the middle screen with your face, not the top of the screen. Uh, so now now it puts a little animation right into the little dynamic island, just grows and it it does its little thing, uh, and and you're logged in. And I think that is like a really neat. Uh, a really neat way to to kind of keep everything all together there. Um, it will go ahead and show you statuses for like things that are playing. Uh, we were like pleasantly surprised when uh, we got into the car and we had maps and like music playing when with no CarPlay. Like this is just uh, old old style Bluetooth connection. Uh, and like we were in the music and like there's a little icon for the maps and you can just jump back in. And then once you jump to the maps, you had a little music icon nice. to show that things were playing. Uh, so that was like a pleasant surprise that we weren't really like expecting, even though we knew it would happen. Right. Um, so yeah. it's very, very playful. I think that Apple did a tremendous job making something so delightful uh, in one of their devices uh, that it's kind of sad that we'd see so little of this, uh, like level of polish in other parts of like the software. Um, yeah. like HomeKit just dying and being broken for years. Like what's up with that? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, this was like an awesome effort that went into this and it really, it really is like showing its, its value there. Um, I'm wondering if we'll get like a dynamic Island for the Mac. Uh, now that this is a concept, uh, rather than the notch that's in the middle that cuts the menu bar, maybe now we have an island in the menu bar, um, and yeah. I think that can be that can be something really really nice on the Mac. Uh, so, yeah, a plus to the menu to the dynamic island. Maybe the dynamic island becomes the menu bar. Uh, probably not. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is this is really really cool. Uh, a plus to Apple for putting it together. I said that five times. Uh, we're moving on to the camera. Uh, the camera works fine. Like I, I uh, gave it a gave it a go. Um, I had the previous 13 Pro, so I'm used to the 3x camera more or less. 
Uh, having the 2x again, like seems seems like a good good addition. It's a good intermediate zoom. Uh, one thing I noticed that I was not expecting is when you zoom into 2x, uh, the like you know the extra pixels around that are in the in the uh-huh. in the gutters, those did not line up with the 2x image. So I think it puts the sensor oh. in a 2x mode and it's using the ultra wide to fill in those extra parts. Um, and this might be to just like cut out and like not use those extra pixels um, mm-hmm. from like the the image processing point of view. Uh, and I found that very interesting. I would have just expected, hey, take the image and zoom it up. And then you have uh, the extra parts at the top and bottom. It's just the parts that are part of the crop that you're not looking at. Uh, but that's not the case at all. So they're still processing uh, a to, um, a, what was it? A 12 megapixel uh, image mm-hmm. uh, in, in their whole pipeline. Uh, and then using a second 12 megapixel image to fill in the... The, yeah. the blurred holes. So that was surprising to me. Um, I was not expecting that. Um, I can only talk about the fourteen, uh, the forty-eight megapixel stuff in with respect to what I saw on Twitter of other people taking really pretty pictures uh, and then zooming all the way in, and then you seeing like a bird. Uh, so that that is cool. Um, but it's a bit unfortunate that you have to shoot. In pro raw for that like i was kind of hoping that in sunny conditions it would just automatically give you a 48 megapixel uh mm. image but it turns out that that's not the case so if you plan on printing any image that you take make sure to shoot in pro raw um yeah. otherwise you're just never going to get that resolution later like it's not going to magically come out um so that's that's something to keep in mind I think someone on Twitter, I think this this was like before the phone came out, but I think they were saying that um, the ProRAW, the 48 megapixel ProRAW images are like 80 or 100 megabytes or something like they're, they're big. So make sure that you either have a gnarly iCloud plan or some gnarly storage. Um, I, uh, I, I heard again on Twitter um, that uh snazzy labs he said that the the front facing camera was what really impressed him i guess the the quality of the front facing camera is super improved so i have never uh, used it let's i i, I also don't experiment. take selfies so <laughs> yeah it has focusing i yeah i i never i never paid attention much to the the front facing camera yeah, uh, but looking at it, I can notice that it looks much better. It looks like the back-facing camera, just forward. Um, cool. And in respect that it is, uh, like, tracking you a lot better than it ever did. I don't think it ever tracked you, right? It just kind of yeah, was Does was it have there. center stage? No. No, okay. Or I don't know if the camera app does, probably in FaceTime. Uh, probably not in FaceTime, actually. I don't think they mentioned it. Yeah, it doesn't have enough of enough of a wide uh, angle, mm. um, but you can see it. Like when it focuses on you, the background is slightly blurry, um, and when you pull back, that uh, it does like refocus on your face and cool. not necessarily do anything weird. So, yeah, A plus the front yeah, facing I'll... camera. Nice. A plus is all around, except perhaps for the color. The A. Color. I followed up with it. Uh, so 
I, uh, as I mentioned, I uh, explored getting the gold option, which I always found mm. was like a super gaudy thing. But I was like, hey, orange, if you make it shiny, is gold. Like, I just have to accept that truth. Um, and therefore, I got the gold. I got the gold, the gold uh, phone thing. Uh, on this camera, it looks blue because my case is so orange and the phone is so not gold. <laughs> Uh, that it's like, this is white, and I need to, like, overcorrect, and so now it's blue. Um, to the eye, it looks like just the the silver phone. Um, I do not have any, like, pieces that really show of the, the surrounding case. Uh, so, yeah. like, I don't really see the band of, like, gold. It doesn't really look like gold, though. It looks like a pale, silvery yellow uh, rather than, like, a rich gold. Uh, which at least would have been like orange-ish. Uh, so I am overall like, I'm not going to return it or anything, but I am not impressed by the gold color as a as an orange uh, replacement. Um, it is subpar. The orange iMac is much better. So Apple get on that wow. uh, for the future. Yeah, uh, Their orange case is really nice. It has like silvery orange buttons. Um, this is mm-hmm. the leather case. And yeah, I'm happy with that. Uh, it made my phone orange uh, without the phone being orange. Uh, so, yep. yeah. Uh, uh, C minus for for gold-colored phone. Uh, and, yeah, that's that's on me to expect it to look orange, but it doesn't even look gold. I was hoping at least for, like, hey, if it's bright yellow, that may be a cool contrast. Uh, but nothing. It's just, it's just, like, silver. And it looks blue because your eyes over cracked for the very vibrant orange (laughs) of my case so uh that's a side effect uh lynn got the purple one so we got to see that one as well it's it's quite dark um though in the light you can see like a purplish hue uh it looks more purple in the camera enclosing than the back face Mm -hmm. which looks frankly quite dark um so if you are in need of color uh those that is probably your only option um, I know the black one like made the return of like the piano black finish on uh, the edges of the display. Yeah. Um, not the display, the the rim of the phone, basically. Uh, so that's new. And uh, yeah, color is is uh, something that Apple repeatedly messes up with. I think um, they yeah. they like did so well with the IMAX, and maybe they like felt that that was a horrible flop and it was a mistake to consider color and um yeah no one likes it i don't know what they decided uh but it would have been really cool to see everything in those colors uh, and more colors they like did that at one point the ipods were like so colorful there was like a million colors uh for the ipad yeah. minis and stuff ipod minis uh so i would love to see apple return to big bold colors and let people like express themselves that way uh, but until then, you have to like settle for uh, less less colorful things, uh, and then put really colorful cases. Like Apple's doing great with the cases. Why not just make the phone colorful? Are they worried that it's gonna like ruin people's resale values? I don't I don't know what's going on there. Uh, maybe they're worried it's gonna ruin their resale values because then when people trade in their phone, they're like, "What are we gonna do with this bright green phone that no one is gonna want?" <laughs> um, when someone might want it because they like bright green. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Apple, like, get on that. 
I guess there's one last thing that I can talk about with the the new phone, and that was the upgrade process or the transfer process from the old to the new. Mm-hmm. Um, for once, I did not lose like my workout um, and rings and stuff like that because it seems to do the watch afterwards. So if you don't wipe your old phone, your watch will continue to sync with it, which means that your health stuff will be in iCloud, uh, and therefore you won't lose any. What A plus there, Apple. Um, so good job on the watch experience. I had to like restart my watch a few times for it to connect because I like fell asleep while it was transferring the phone part, and I was like not awake to continue the process. Uh, when it prompted me to, and then several hours later, I'm like, uh-uh, gotta finish setting up my phone. <laughs> um, so that was something that happened. Uh, but uh, during the, the initial process, like right as it's starting to do it, it's like, hey, here's what we're going to bring over. Uh, you have two phone numbers on your on your old phone. You have one that's the regular like SIM card, and you have one that's the eSIM. Uh, which one do you want to bring over? I'm like, uh, it's going to presumably bring up bring both, and I chose the primary one, which is my SIM card hoping that it would translate the SIM card over. Uh, and it tried for like a minute and then it just like said, hey, uh, I hate to break this to you, but you're going to need to go to settings. So like try again or call or visit AT&T to like get your SIM card translated over. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go to bed. Uh, so did the transfer. Um, thankfully, by the morning, I like tried again. I went to settings and I said like, hey, can you bring this phone number over maybe? Um, and that was like really, uh, really smooth. Like it knew that I wanted to transfer the numbers, both numbers. Uh, so it had both of them listed. So I tried with the SIM card. Uh, and that one, that time it just worked, which was like really nice. Uh, it moved the SIM card over. Uh, and then for the, for the eSIM, that one also just worked. In the past, that one did not work, uh, when the SIM card was like, I, I transferred it over. Um, and by me transferring it over, it changed all my iMessage and FaceTimes to the eSIM uh, as the default because the SIM card was no longer in there. So it's like, I'm choosing a new default. Uh, but this time it yeah. like did the right thing. So that was really nice. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that part worked, thankfully. And I'm guessing AT&T probably just had a, had a bad day when everyone and their parents were upgrading to new phones. It's the only explanation. Yeah, no doubt. It's always a always a fun experience. Uh, so yeah, that's my experience with the new phone. Um, I have not noticed like the performance benefits. Uh, battery seems fine. You get a little battery indicator now, uh, which is like super neat. Yay. Probably can't see nothing. Uh, but you have nope. to turn that on. So go to settings and turn on your battery uh, percentage indicator, uh, and that will show I'm up. Do I don't that know right if that now. shows up on older versions as well yep I think it sure does Woo-hoo! Yay. Yep, yeah so go, does. go awesome. do that so that way you can be pedantic about your battery um and uh yeah i don't know what else to say about it it's nice oh i should try the the flashlight because the flash is brighter right so maybe the flashlight's brighter no flashlight seems like the same brightness very bright um so that concludes my live review <laughs> and live uh, uh, experience of the new phone. I really cool. like the astronomy, like face. It is so cool how it just like. That's pretty cool. Kind of a nice callback to like the original. Mm-hmm. Or my was that on the original iPhone? The the wallpaper was. 
My yeah, only like wish for this, so like you you zoomed your your globe in, right? At this point, it should rotate the globe. Like it it should just that like would be cool. Do Ooh, that as you yeah. change home screens. That would be like a plus. Uh, they nailed it. Um, like in just a subtle like little rotation, doesn't need to do like one eighty degrees or anything. Um, but that would be sure. a really nice effect as you just like flick through home screens. You just watch the globe rotate. Uh, so that'd be cool. Uh, if anyone that works at uh, that worked on the home screen uh, at Apple is listening to this, uh, there's your your pitch. Um, I think that would be really neat. Free of charge. Uh, free of charge. Please do it. Um, and yeah, that concludes that concludes this live review of of a new phone. As always, I want to personally thank everyone for listening in this week. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter at CodeCompletion to know when new episodes get released. And feel free to tweet at us if there's ever a topic you'd like for us to dig into. Most importantly, as a small podcast, please be sure to share this with your friends and family who are also interested in any part of the process of app development. It's your support that enables us to continue doing this, and we hope to grow a healthy community around everything we discuss. Once again, I want to give my thanks to Spencer, who's at Spencer C. Curtis. That's S-P-E-N-C-E-R-C-C-U-R-T-I-S on Twitter. For joining me this week. My name once again is Dimitri. You can find me at Dimitri Bunyol. That's D-I-M-I-T-R-I-B-O-U-N-I-O-L. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Uh, so before we leave for real. Uh, I have a fun story to tell. Uh, and that story involves turtles. So uh, I would say last week or so. Uh, the neighbor like came over out of nowhere and just like knocking and just like exclaims, there's a turtle in my backyard. And I'm like, there's a turtle in your backyard. We don't live near any like bodies of water. We live in a place called Sun Valley, which as you can assume from the name means that there's a lot of sun and it's a valley of desert. Um, so, uh, yeah, like turtle is not, that's not an environment for a, a wandering turtle. Uh, so I'm like, yeah. maybe it's a tortoise. Like, maybe it's not a turtle after all. It's just like a tortoise walking around. Um, so we go over to the neighbor's place. Uh, and I go with a with a bucket. Because initially she came over and she's like, uh, there's a turtle. Like, can you have, do you have that next door thing? And I do have the next door thing, no. which I signed up with another neighbor's address. Because I'm like, I ain't giving my address to next door. Um <laughs> And <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, yeah, so they gave me they gave me access to it. Um, and I like checked on next door. I like posted uh, didn't post anything or anything like that. Uh, but I checked and then like my consciousness got the better of me. And it's like it's been one hundred and five degrees the past week. Like a turtle is not going to survive, especially if it's someone's pet. Like it's not a not a nice environment for uh, any animal to be stuck outside. So. Uh, the neighbor was like, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. So I'm like worried. So I was like, let me go with a bucket and just like take care of this turtle for a little bit. Uh, yeah. So I go with a bucket. Uh, it is, lo and behold, a turtle, like one that, that likes to swim, uh, not a tortoise. Quite big, uh, at least like five, six inches. Um, so definitely an adult. Uh, and it's just like going around, scootling uh, on like mostly concrete, probably got in under a fence uh, somewhere um and is most definitely not native to any area here because once again mm-hmm. no no ponds or anything uh it did not have a collar or anything to identify it by like i don't know what people do to identify lost turtles but uh so i took the turtle 
Uh, thankfully, not a snapping turtle. I would not have touched a snapping turtle uh, with a five-foot pole. Uh, but this is one of those red-eared, I think they're called red-eared sliders. Um, like yeah, the I super so. common uh, drugstore turtle that uh, probably mm-hmm. every family in the United States has uh, at least known someone to have had uh, in childhood. Yes. Um, and like in, in our case in California, we get those from Chinatown. Like they're not really allowed anywhere else, um, but they're they're plentiful there. Um, and this is a little, they're usually little tiny turtles, very cute. Um, uh, and the larger ones are larger and also very cute. They like go into their turtle shell and they're like just looking at you all scared. Um, so I grab the poor turtle and I put it in in a thing. It's gross, by the way, because it's been like treading through not water for probably a, quite a while. Um, and like I, I just put it in my bathtub because what else do you do with a turtle um, that can climb, by the way? <laughs> yeah. This is, and it's not slow. Uh, so I put it in my bathtub, um, I give it, uh, I give it like a reservoir of water that it can kind of bask in, uh, and not knowing what turtles eat, I'm like, cabbage? Cabbage. Uh, I got a leaf of cabbage and put it in there and like, hoping for the best. Uh, so I, I posted <laughs> on, on next door, uh, that this poor turtle is now living with us. Uh, and if anyone has lost a turtle, like now's the time to speak up because uh, it ain't staying in our tub for very long. Uh, I can guarantee that um, this thing has long nails and it has like not scratched up. Thankfully, I learned after I cleaned the tub yesterday, uh, but it did put like marks all over the tub uh, wall sure. of it, like just like climbing around and being a turtle. Uh, so uh, the cats were very, very intrigued and scared of said turtle and they are still intrigued and scared of said turtle uh and that's perhaps spoiler that no one claimed said turtle um so we decided okay we're gonna need to like put a little bit more research into this uh we got some turtle food we got a uh terrarium uh basically an aquarium with less water um and um, we set that up with the proper light that the turtle needs for like uv and whatnot um and we got some food and some shrimps and some stuff for turtles uh so turtle is now in a happier environment other than the tub this time one full of water rather than with like a little basin of water um i guess they really like water because they spend all their time in the water um they can't breathe in the water i learned but they they do have a long enough neck to just like peek right above the water line and just Mm. like stay there until something comes and they go bloop um and hide uh, though over the past like two days, totally got used to us and is no longer as like skittish um, about that. So nice. yeah, we have a turtle. Apparently, you can tell how <laughs> old a turtle is based on the number of rings on its like little shell segment things, um, like counting of the oh, tree. So it's a tree. It's, it's yeah. basically uh, basically follows the same principle of like periods of growth and periods of like uh... hibernation. So summer, winter. Um, this is less useful in California where we do not have summers and winters and it's just like the same climate 24 seven, uh, 365 days a week. Uh, so, uh, we tried counting. It's definitely of adult size. Um, and this one seems to be based on it's like rings, maybe around eight years old. Uh, so it's definitely, uh, out there in age. Like it wouldn't have gone this big if it were not eight years old anyway. So that was like a reasonable, uh, estimate. And, uh, 
Yeah, what what else turtle facts can I share? Uh the cats have been staring it down in its in its uh aquarium uh this whole time, so they are very intrigued slash terrified, being the prime hunters that they are. Useless. Yes. Um so yeah, cats. Um Turtle's happy. Uh it has a nice clean environment that I don't know how I'm gonna clean in a week when it is no longer a clean environment. The water's already starting to get cloudy, so I'm like, hmm, I wonder mm. if I can get like snails for the enclosure, like sea snails that like yeah, to just like clean uh as they can as they go around. So maybe like I'm gonna look into what I can do to improve the water quality of that thing without needing to manually clean it every every week or so. Uh, so that's, that's something. Uh, and nice. yeah, if anyone has any turtle facts, we named it Savon, like a, a bar of soap, uh, because it looks like a bar of soap. It's a turtle. Um, nice. he seems, he seems pretty friendly. Uh, not interested in biting, more interested in hiding. Um, and yeah, turtles. 